Hello and welcome to the final edition of the Girl Deconstruction Podcast uh, with me, Martin Saunders. And with me, Rachel Gardner. And every morning I've had such a big grin on my face as Martin's introduced it. Thank you, my friend. You've been awesome. Awesome oh. interview. There was a, there was a, you wouldn't have seen as this is a visual, I often non, rub your shoulder, don't I? medium, but, but you did give me a little, a little <laughs> affirming oh, Christian pat. pat, didn't you, at that point? So that was, I did. That was lovely. Uh, so we're here uh, again to talk uh, with another of your friends and to talk about uh, the Girl Deconstruction Project, which is uh, out today. Today! Today! It is out now yes. and available from all good bookstores, yes. including the Youthscape store at youthscape.co.uk slash store. Go and get your copy. Uh, and, uh, and Rachel, we, we're going to talk a bit more later on. Uh, but first, actually, today, we're going to meet your guest, yes. uh, who is the amazing Ariana Walker. Oh, I got in my car and travelled miles. It took me seven hours to get yeah, back. Didn't it, go, didn't it all go a bit wrong? It went all terribly wrong, but not when I got with her. When I got with her, then it all was well. And the beautiful thing is, it, she... Um, Mercy Ministries, they're the UK branch, they're based up in somewhere called Oxenhope, which is a beautiful part of Yorkshire, and I was in my little tin can of a car and sat nerf and got terribly, terribly lost, and you'll hear it in the interview, but I end up in this most beautiful place, and there is a sermon illustration in this, Martin, because I actually inadvertently was lost in probably the mo- the place in the UK that I am, as a, as a teenager, I was the most obsessed about. I wanted to be there all the time. And yet, sat in my car looking for Ariana and Mercy Ministries, I had no idea I was there. And so I desperately wanted to get to where I was going. But actually, had I realised where I was, I think, you know... So there's an illustration there, isn't there? The place you most wanted to be as a teenage girl was... Yeah, basically, High Withens. Because? Because it's the scene of Wuthering Heights. Ah. And I was a major Wuthering Heights... Wow. Fan, crazily so. So you hear it in the interview that I just come over all kind of clammy when she tells me that's where I was. I was like, ah. And uh, and you talked to Ariana about risk, yeah, which excitingly yeah. is the theme of this year's National Youth Ministry Weekend. Oh, it's almost tickets, like we planned it. Tickets not available. They're not. They're sometimes. all gone. Uh, but uh, but so I'm especially interested in what she has to say. So uh, so this is you meeting the wonderful Ariana Walker. So, um, hey, this is wonderful. I'm sat in Ariana Walker's office. Ariana Walker's office! <laughs> I'm just getting excited about that. And the, Ariana, I have to confess, I actually, towards the end of my journey to you, I thought I was going to find you in a little yes. shepherd's hut. I'm sorry. We like to be out in the countryside. <laughs> Welcome you to Yorkshire. Are, you are in <laughs> deepest Yorkshire. And yes. they sat there, brought me on this tiny track that had potholes. Yes. <laughs> like, and then actually we've now arrived and we're in a place with... Flushing water. Flushing yes. water? Flushing loose. Lots of greenery. And it is beautiful. Do you want to explain to everyone listening where we are? We are in a little village called Oxenhope, which is, most people won't have a clue where that is. Now, if I say Haworth, which is a famous village because of the Brontes. Bronte, I love the Brontes. We're a mile away. <gasps> well, so, can make, I just yeah. interject? Well, are you a Bronte fan? I mean, yes. did you grow up as a girl wanting to be yeah. Catherine Earnshaw? Well, well, kind of. <laughs> I, I did, I'm the only I did English literature, so <laughs> I kind of had a slight 
being forced to read it, oh, but I did. Amen. You know, it's, we, we're literally. In fact, you know where you got lost on your potholes? Yes. Is that was I there? That's, was I near Wuthering Heights? That's Wuthering Heights. <gasps> that's the Withens. It's called the Withens. It's at the Withens. Yes. Actually, I've come over. All funny. See? I am a serious Wuthering Heights girl. Okay. So, anyway. so God helped you. <laughs> Was just a little detail. God, and show you. Financial. That is awesome. Anyway, back to the point. <laughs> because we're now sat in the most, the most, can I just say, the most beautiful building yes. that's fairly yes. new. And the story of this building is yes. unbelievable. Quick, just tell us. What, okay, where well, are we? we, we're sitting across from the home. The home is across the car park there. It's got 15 young women in it. And it's uh, an amazing place. I'll show you later. We are sitting in our cornerstone building, it's called. Mm. And this is our training and resource centre. It's two years old. It's been done out by an incredible interior designer who provided all of her services and all the furniture for free as her gift to Mercy which is phenomenal the building itself is completely debt free half the money was put up uh, before we even told anyone that we were going to be building this and uh, this person said that God told them that they could pay for it all but he but they should only pay for half so that we still had to um, step out in faith and that other people would have the chance to partner with us and, and did they do that they did, did they? Yeah. they did and it was Aww. it was typical God last minute yeah. you know on the day that I had to sign the contract with the builders and committing mercy to this inordinate amount of building mm. costs and the and the board was saying you can't sign it with even even half the money is great but where are we going to get the other mm. half from on that day we had a graduation in the home and someone came to visit that graduation because they'd helped sponsor the resident through mm. the the course through the program and they were asking what was going to be going on on this site because I could see it all closed off and I told them about it and I said you know this is this is our vision our dream this is what we want to do within an hour he'd called me and he said my wife and I spent the entire way home talking about your vision he said we're business people and we understand how important infrastructure is for growth and so God's told us to give you £150,000 today oh uh, towards the building oh. project and he literally sent someone from his office with a check for 150 grand at which point I ran my board saying um yeah I've got to be given a check for 150 grand uh, can I sign the contract now oh, they were like goodness. yeah okay. okay oh I would love it if you'd said that actually they turned up with a, like a briefcase yeah and opened the briefcase with money that's about no, amazing no but it was a check in an envelope which that's is incredible you know. but but even even though on that moment the money had come in I mean yeah. Ariana I'm sat with a woman who I think if God has still said, still sign it, and you've not got the check, I think you'd have signed it. Yeah, and that's what I about you. But yeah. I have a board. <laughs> yes. We need to. board. Yes, we love boards. We really do. And <laughs> um, every now and then, we, yes, we, we need to go sensible. Yeah. 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 But God seems to have fun with that anyway. And, yeah. So you've got this building, and yes. the interiors are incredible. Okay, so this building is our training resource centre. We have space to gather people from all around the country and provide our training, our empower training for people helpers of all kinds, parents, pastors, vicars, ministers, Amazing. those people in church who have coffee with all the randomers, you know, who just need some support and yes. training of how to help broken people and stay whole themselves. So we run those training days here. Our keys to freedom, uh, facilitator training days happen here. The graduations from the home happen here, so we're able to receive guests and 
uh, and all that. And then we also have our, our teams, you know, our corporate services team, our partnerships team. Amazing. Uh, you know, the, the actual running of Mercy as an organisation happens, happens out here. Of here. So I'm this sat in the, the hub. This is the oh. hub. <laughs> yeah. And actually, because we are in beautiful Yorkshire, very close to the land of Wuthering Heights, every window, like every window in this building has the most phenomenal yes. view. Now, I'm going to sound really cheesy and slightly stalkery now because I do listen to you a lot on YouTube and I, I've heard you speak at events. And there's something about how you speak, Ariana. It's like you give people a window onto a different view. I mean, it's yeah. the most brilliant thing. And I just love it. I can imagine you now writing some of these yes, talks, sat I here, do. literally seeing these views. So I want to ask you a little bit more about you then. So, so here you are, a woman who's carried this incredible vision for a long time. And for many years, you were not seeing the miracles on yeah. that massive scale. You were seeing the miracles of lives changed in the yeah. home. Um, I, I want to ask you a little bit about where for you that courage comes from, because you are a woman of courage you've got this resilience <laughs> and this fire in you was it always like that for you um no actually it was a journey you know you I think perhaps at my core yes I think one of the lies that I had to um deconstruct and get away from is is you can do this <laughs> weirdly you know this girl can you know, there's that advertising campaign of this girl can, and they show these women it's doing brilliant. incredible things, you know, running, and, 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 and I love that. I sweating. Love, uh, sweating. <laughs> you know, this girl can, I think, is a really positive message. Yes. However, for me, I had to come to a point where I realised this girl can't. Wow. And admitting that I can't, and asking God for help. Kind of fa- coming face to face with my own inadequacy, my own realization that this is so far beyond my ability to make happen i am i'm out of the boat and and on water and i can't remember the last time i've seen land and it's terrifying because there's something in us that wants to stay in control wants to have the answers wants to read up on something so we can appear to have it all together and i really had to get to a place where i literally just went I don't know. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know the next step. I don't know where the money's coming from. I don't know how to help people, heal people. All of it, Mm. every single thing we do here is so far beyond a person's and indeed my own ability to make happen. To come face to face with the thought that you are so far out of your depth yeah it's terrifying and I guess that's probably unfortunately or ironically that coincides with the very time where maybe your ministry is getting a bit more public and yeah. more people are looking yeah. towards you and to mercy with the answers so at the same time as others are saying wow actually look what Ariana's going up to and her team you're yeah. thinking well wait a minute actually I need to face that don't that look I at me can't. don't look at me <laughs> so so what happens then because because that an inverted pride means that we then go oh no actually God can't use me and then actually yeah. it all crumbles doesn't it yeah how, how how, did, how do you navigate that well? Uh, some really deep conversations with God, actually. <laughs> so sitting in my lounge, crying my eyes out, because we have our first ever massive fundraising event. This is probably, I don't know, 2010, I think. Um, we literally had our first, so we had 300 people. Uh, we needed to raise something like £180,000. Was that in London? Because I think I was no, there. No, it was, was the, it was one up here. It was oh, the first one we ever okay. did. Right. Nancy Alcon, who's the founder and president of Mercy International, mm. she was going to be there. Paul Scanlon, who was my pastor at the time, was going to be there. Every major funder who'd helped us get that far was going to be there. And I'd never done anything like it. And I was so terrified. 
because we were in really deep financial difficulties. I didn't think we were going to make it to the end of the year. Genuinely thought we were going to going to have to just close it all because we would be the one who couldn't make it. We it was that important, and I remember God saying to me, "I am, I'm not, I'm setting you up for success." And and that my question to him was, "Yeah, but your." your success idea of success and my idea of success could be two very different things <laughs> I, mean, I quite like my idea of success right yes, now that's because <laughs> you could let me fail miserably mm. and then teach me a really important lesson through that mm. and then you know i'm a better stronger person because i've had to you know deal with immense mm. embarrassment and failure and god said to me would you throw your kids into the fire to wow. teach them that it's hot wow wow I'm like no no it's like, well, why do you think I would do that? When I say I'm setting you up for success, mm. I'm setting you up for success. And all you need to do is do as you're told mm. and don't get in the way. Wow. And that was kind of, you know, and, and God confirmed my inadequacy by and, and me saying, God, why me? I can't do this. I don't have any qualifications or experience. And he's like, yeah, I know that. I'm totally inadequate, God. Yes, I know that. Mm. But it's not your adequacy that's ever going to make you be able to do any of this. It's my adequacy wow. in you. And, and, and so having to have that constant awareness of my lack, but you not using that lack as an excuse mm-hmm. to not do mm-hmm. it, but use it as the reason why I need him more than ever. Mm. It's exactly what Paul talks about. You know, in, I will boast in my weaknesses because in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. Mm. We quote it all the time, but the reality of it is you know is deliberate you have to be deliberate in going I can't do this mm, mm. I I need you God and I need you big time I need you like I've never needed you before mm. I don't think God loves anything more than us going I need you mm. here's my lack here's what I don't have yeah I need you for the for all that incredible and, I love that and I'm sat with with someone who arguably is immensely successful you're running a, an organization that has a huge annual turnover you are very well known you're popular um but also i'm sat with a woman who, are, who at the top of her game is saying actually for me power is not about what i can achieve but about what god can do through me i mean that is that is a profoundly um sort of a zeitgeisty kind of comment as in we live in a, in a world today where we know that women around the world are disempowered and more likely to be abused and, and hurt and there's a kind of a dialogue in feminism in the UK not not within the Christian circles but outside of it that actually you've got to be a woman that yeah. kind of knows everything who you are and don't take any rubbish from anybody else and and there's so much that's so helpful about that but there's so much that's so unhelpful about that yeah. because it puts all the onus on yeah. us on yeah. us finding our own happiness yeah. on us making our own success so I mean yeah. you you are a fascinating woman in my book because <laughs> of that because you had to navigate um, leading where often it's mainly men probably yeah. you're probably the oh, only yeah, woman absolutely. in the room so how how do you do you think much about about that or do you just get on with it or no, do just you just get on with it <laughs> I love it like genuinely yeah genuinely just get on with it because I think we get distracted otherwise you know we start thinking about oh I'm the only woman and mm-hmm. what I'm going to wear and and you know what they're going to think of me I honestly I've, I, I just put that aside I could, God's picked me God only knows why and he's picked me regardless of my gender Mm. perhaps because of it Mm -hmm. I don't know and so I'm just gonna get on with it I'm a leader I'm not a female leader yes yes absolutely I'm just a leader I happen to be a woman yes um and yes that means there's different obstacles uh but God knows that yeah and he doesn't seem to care about that so just why should I yeah 
Um, and the people who stand in the way of that don't know what they're dealing with. Mm. Because God has said he's going to make a way where there seems no way. And if God has called you to it, yes. he'll equip you for it. And anyone else who stands in the way, it says, the Bible says, I will contend with those who contend with you. <sighs> so there's people obstructing you, there's people in the way, there's people saying you can't, you shouldn't, you won't. To me, they're just obstacles mm-hmm. that that I'll look back on and go, I don't even remember jumping that. But I know they're not there anymore. Wow. Um, and that's that's been wow. my the case for me and I know there's people who've said you shouldn't you can't you won't um but I've just kept my eyes on where I'm going and where I know God's calling me into yeah um with real ferociousness and humility I love that about you um I I was very I have to I have to name drop this so uh I won't name the the conference, but you were speaking at a conference recently and you were on the main stage and I was doing one of the overflows and there were two overflows that night and it just so happened that that evening it was three women. I don't know if you remember this, but you were on the main arena. That was awesome. And what was so interesting was that that you, me and this other fantastic woman were the last to notice that it was all three women. (laughs) We just had to make that. We were just like, this is great. um, But actually a number of the men in the room at one point making quite a lot of jokes about it being girls night and I can't remember if it was you or me in my mind I like to think it was me but it probably was it was probably you that said wait a minute if it was three men we wouldn't call it boys night and then we just all moved on from there and I just thought oh I love that because you're not making a massive thing of it because you know these men's hearts are for women to be speakers but in that moment they revealed a little bit of insecurity I think in that moment but but what if some, some wonderful women and maybe men are going to be listening to this and, and hearing you talk about overcoming obstacles, especially if it's people around us saying, oh, I don't know if God really has said that to you. Are you sure? Um, I mean, could you give us some like practical things we could do, especially if the people saying that are those that genuinely love us and want the best for us, but actually their naysay kind of approach yeah. is, is actually making a second guess what we think God said to us. Do you have any sort of thoughts? Yeah, I think... Um... It all goes back to your own personal relationship with God. It always has to, because in the end, that's the only thing that you have that is not disputable. You know, other people's (laughs) opinions, thoughts. God has himself told me off a few times for listening too much to other people's opinions. And trying to do things the way people think I should do them. Uh, I've looked at others who run organisations and thought, you know, their fundraising campaign is great, we should do something like that, or maybe we should have, you know, whatever, and you kind of look around and there's nothing wrong with that, but you, ha- you, you can't build something on other people's revelation, it has to be your own conviction and your own vision and your own um, knowledge of what God's saying to you as the leader. Uh, there's no one ahead of me there's no one who's done this before so I, I I've taken so much inspiration from the bible where every leader who made it says they inquired of the lord they inquired of the lord they inquired of the lord again and again and again and again it says they inquired of the lord david inquired of the lord when the action would seem the most obvious when when his entire family or his entire armies wives children livestock everything they owned was kidnapped and taken away when they got back to their camp nobody there the enemies taken everything he inquired of the lord whether Mm. or not they should go and chase them i'm like Wow. And his army were like, why are you taking time to ask God whether we should go and chase them? That's, and they were angry with him. Mm. And for me, that's always been one of those things of, 
as long as as long as you inquire of the Lord, He will grant you success. You, if you're doing what God's asked you to do, it doesn't matter that there's obstacles. It doesn't matter that the enemy's come and taken everything that you thought you were going to have. But if God tells you to, then you do it, and He will grant you success. That's, it makes oh, it so simple so for me. Good, but that is so, I mean that that little revelation there that every leader has in scripture that that is preempted with they inquired of the Lord because that is such a telling statement. What how long did that take? Was that a short thing or a long thing? But it, it's kind of this little hint to yeah. these are women and men whose hearts were yeah. for God and, and they were took carving three out. days. Yes. Three days yes. because she was so terrified of the consequence of what she was about to do or what she was asked to do. Took her three days to prayer and fasting. I don't know. Jesus did it all the time. Mm. Took himself away, inquired of the Father. Mm. And I just think we underplay that. Like as a leader, you're supposed to have all the answers. I actually feel like as a leader, you should have none of the answers and go to God for the answers. <laughs> and then it's easy. Yes. So as long as your relationship with God is protected, and there's the thing you see, we can get so distracted by all the challenges we face and all the demands we have and all the responsibilities we carry that we get busy doing those mm. and we don't protect the time where we actually sit and go, okay, God, yes, what are you saying about yes. this situation? What are you saying about this person? What are you saying about this conference? What are you saying about, you yes. know, and, and, and God cares enough to talk to you about the assistant who's not doing a job right, yeah. you know, and how you handle that yeah. and how you talk to her about that or him. Yeah. You know, it's like... The whole of our it, lives The matter. whole of our yeah, lives yeah. matter. So good. But we get so used to doing it ourselves, yeah. by ourselves, in our own strength. Um, yeah. The and the, and the more you do that, and the stronger you are as a person, and the more natural giftings you have, the more you have to remind yourself. Yeah, to lean on God. Inquire of the Lord. I guess as well, just listening to what you're saying, I'm, I'm just conscious that I, I grew up in an environment where my family, we were homeless for a period of time. My parents were both unemployed. They were new Christians. I wanted to be a good Christian girl. I'm not knocking that as a teenager. I wanted to live for Jesus and do all the right stuff. I would kind of flip between it being just about duty, and I understand that. Yeah. But I think one of the things that, that I see in young women, Christian young women often, is that deep desire to be a good girl and not to rock yeah. the boat. And so almost a waiting for permission from others to say, that was God that you heard. And I think it's yeah. absolutely right that we test what God says to us. We, we bring it to others and we test yeah. it against Scripture. And you know, if God says, go and sit in the middle of M25, that's yeah. probably not God. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a real challenge, isn't it? That the more yeah. we spend time listening to God, the more we get used to hearing his voice and trusting yeah. That actually, that is God's voice, and it's okay. Yeah. And and if we've misheard Him, that's okay as well, actually. Yeah. Because if we've misheard Him, and our desire is to do what God wants, yeah, not exactly. just to kind of boost our own ego, I think God uses that as well. Is it? So I think that is such a powerful. Do you see that played out a little bit? That kind of good girl syndrome that we want others to kind of give permission to us, so we hold back a little bit. Do you see that um, in Christians at all? Yes, absolutely. I think it's. Um, I don't know if it's just a female thing actually I think I was raised in Holland so I'm from a different culture in a sense so I was 13 when we moved to England wow. I do think there's a British oh wow that's interesting there's a slight a reticence, reticence yeah. reserved stiff upper lip you know that has that kind of don't show need don't show weakness power through carry on regardless there's this lack of assertive communication because we don't offend we don't want to people to think badly of us or think we're rude. So th- that there is a definite, I think, cultural 
mentality mm. that is you know generations old mm. that gets passed on uh, you know, I'm married to an Englishman, a Yorkshireman, and there's definitely a sense. Wow. He, he, I think sometimes, like the queues, that like in England you queue up for everything. In the con- on the continent, certainly in Holland, it's just a rabble of people. <laughs> and if you're there first and you get served first, doesn't matter if, you know, you just... So do you, do you queue jump a lot now, Ariane? I, I, I have been in England for, for <laughs> long enough 30 odd years. There are times when I queue. <laughs> but there's times, my husband, I'm not kidding you, where he'll go, he'll look at me and he'll go, do you think? <laughs> do your thing do that Dutch thing do the Dutch, <laughs> do the Dutch thing and get us ahead <laughs> I love so it. the good so in answer to your question yeah. yes I do see it yeah uh, but I'm not sure if it's a female thing mm. or if it's a British thing mm. so we need to break down that one a bit more yeah. no that is fascinating I've just been holding it in that you grew up in Holland I didn't know that yes and, and, and we could sort of spend hours talking about that as well because you obviously your background is working with teenage girls very much like me and yeah. and of course Holland is one of those places the Netherlands are often yeah. sort of pitted against the UK in terms yeah. of young people's emotional well-being yes. sex education all that yes. kind of stuff I mean do you do you see a marked difference yes. between we how talk girls about things in Holland? Yes. <laughs> Everything. Well, we we're a little bit more kind of say it as it is, direct, and it has its bad, you know, sides. And Holland is very liberal in areas that I don't think mm. they should be. Mm. Um, but I left when I was thirteen, so I have a very yes. you know underdeveloped view of uh, Holland as a nation. But what I do know is that there's a lot less again prudish can't talk about that that's kind of what i mean it's the mm, same thing mm. that in holland we just talk about it yes yeah, and i've like raised that. my kids like that so we've t- i've got two boys they're 19 and 17 now i've been married for 26 years and we have that kind of no taboo yes we talk about everything we talk about relationships we talk about how you're feeling we talk about sex we talk about masturbation we talk about we you know Brilliant. not, not so over important. you know yeah the, yeah but they know they can talk to you the family about you've this become stuff. a safe place yes and and we my husband and i decided long ago that we would be a safe place for them that we would be they could ask any question any question and we would give our best answer mm. uh, our most honest answer and we would we don't want them to find out about stuff from other people. No, no, exactly. Um, That's and such when you do wisdom. that when they're young, yes. by the time they get to young adults, culture, which is a whole yeah. other season that yeah. we're in now, where I'm like, nobody told me how hard it is to parent adults. <laughs> give me, give me the two year old again. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, Amazing. that's a different subject. But I suppose, actually, because um, I'd love to talk a little bit about the Keys to Freedom resource yes. that you've written. Because I suppose, actually, that I'm sat in front of a woman who grew up in Holland and then has been in, in the UK developing great stuff. But that heart of, we've got to talk about stuff. I mean, that yes. really lies at the heart of Keys to Freedom, isn't oh, yeah, it? That the absolutely. local church is not talking about the stuff that yeah. people are desperately needing. So yeah. just, just tell the listeners, what is well, Keys to Freedom? Well, Keys to Freedom has come out of the programme that we run inside the residential home that we know now as a, as a global charity, we been running for 35 years we know that the principles that we teach there work in Mm. terms of bringing people freedom transformation and ability to to um put into practice the things they're learning in Mm. their real everyday christian life and, and seeing freedom because of that and um we've translated that 
six-month program into an eight-week workbook that anyone can do, men, women, Mm. young, old, whatever life stage they're at, whether they're new believers or have been believers for decades, the, the heart behind it is to see every Christian equipped wow. to be able to live their life in, in a new level of freedom because we all, we all, freedom comes in stages. It's part of the journey and it's layers. And so we want to help people um, be able to take hold of those keys and put them into practice. And actually one of the first weeks is how to recognize the voice of God. Wow. Because wow. if you don't know the difference between God's voice, your voice, everyone else's voice, then it's going to make the rest of the journey harder. Mm. So for me, and and everything we've talked about has come back down to, I listen to God's voice and Mm. I recognise his voice and I've had to make tough choices sometimes to be obedient to that voice. Um, But if you don't recognise it, uh, then you're already playing at a disadvantage and living at a disadvantage. Uh, So let's help people learn and recognize the voice of God and so week one is God still speaks and you can hear him whether mm. you think you can or not and the revolution begins and, there and, and, it? and it starts <laughs> yes, there absolutely that is absolutely phenomenal and I'm um just listening to you uh and I know that for all that you've been involved with so far I know there's way more to come Maria and I can just <laughs> sense um don't be fooled by thinking that this woman that has a 19 year old um looks anything other than 21 I'm, just, oh, I'm sat here trying to work just out being what nice age to me she now. had her kids <laughs> but anyway um but um what what do you think is next so that, so either for you in mercy here or just in terms of just seeing women release into their God-given calling, like what what are you excited about when you look at the next five to ten years? Freedom. Yes, <laughs> I am excited about freedom because I I think there is a desire to be free mm. uh, more so than I've seen before. There is definitely a desire mm. for people to be free, and I think we've seen that even recently in in all the global kind of cry yes, yes. from a woman's heart of we want to be free yeah. from well it's the me too movement isn't it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you know and and i think this, the, the, that desire needs a response that is a godly response that doesn't become militant it doesn't become you know selfish or self-centered or entitled you know i've been oppressed for this long and now i'm going to take what's mine and i don't care who i step on to get it we have to keep the balance of kindness mm. and generosity towards people around us mm. um, and and for me I think uh, teaching people uh, discipling people helping them figure themselves out in in such a way that they can then relate to other people from a place of wholeness mm. that's just you know just I'm excited incredible. about that yeah. I'm about I'm excited about breaking the cycle of people going to church on a Sunday feeling great by Wednesday wanting to kill themselves dragging themselves through Thursday Friday Saturday so they can get back to church having another shot in the arm and doing the whole thing again next week mm. for me I'm like I want to see the level of freedom across our churches across the Christian population rise up mm. so that we can sustain a level of wholeness and freedom that then impacts yeah. our communities from a place of strength um, that's amazing you are you are the boss of illustrations and I'm just going to share one back to you now which I think sums up what you're saying so powerfully you you in one of, one of your YouTube preachers that I oh, listen to YouTube regularly <laughs> my regular ones that I listen to is you you have this wonderful illustration and I, I can now see being in Yorkshire I can now see why it matters <laughs> where um you talk about it being a really heavy snowy day and yes. you're trying to get out of your house and it's, it's yeah. a really steep road and yeah and all your neighbors trying to dig their cars out and they've yeah. got little cars like me like little kind of London 
middle quarters <laughs> or whatever it is. And uh, you guys have got a four by four, and so you get in yeah. your car, and actually it drives up the road, not because yeah. of anything that you, not because your driving is any better, although I'm sure it's amazing, <laughs> but because you're in a vehicle that is made yes. for, yes. for this. And then towards the end of the illustration, you, you talk about how then you go and collect all your team because you're the person that's got the car yeah. that can collect them. And it was such a powerful idea of when. When we are living in freedom, exactly. others look at us and say, yeah. I don't know what she's got, but I want it. And, yeah. and that, that is the missional opportunity. That's the evangelism piece. Because I think so often we, we talk, don't we, in the church about losing confidence in the gospel. And, yeah. not, and, and it's crazy on my level to say that because how is Jesus any less good news today than he was 2,000 years ago? He, of course he isn't. But we lose confidence that life in him is life is all its fullness. Yeah. If we're not actually stepping out and jumping in that car exactly. and getting out, of the guy out of the rut so I just yeah. so where do these illustrations do they just do you just like collect them and think yeah oh, you I want think, a boss you, of them they're amazing well, I think actually it's how God speaks to me yes, yes. so I just pass on yes. what it literally was that 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 example you've given actually happened yes. I didn't just make it no. up as a parable it was genuinely like that mm. and I genuinely got in my car and genuinely managed to get out of my cul-de-sac up a steep hill yeah. without so much as yeah. A, a skid of the wheel and God literally said to me this is what freedom feels yeah. like yeah. that that we all face the same terrain and I think that's what you know what you're saying about the illustration at the end we all face the same terrain but I think as Christians we've sometimes got into the habit of hiding the rough terrain because we're supposed to be perfect good Christians mm. you know and if and if your life is struggling mm. then somehow you're a worse Christian yeah. because you know what have you done for this bad thing to happen in your life. And A, I want to literally shatter that illusion yeah, of, yeah. you know, that God ever promised us a, a trouble-free life. We are in this world yeah. and we are not immune from its struggles, its troubles, its, you know, horrible stuff that happens in and around our lives. Yeah. Uh, but God hasn't left us abandoned to that he's equipped us to be able to navigate that rough terrain and that's what our unsaved christian uh, our non-christian friends need mm-hmm. to see that you're facing a job loss and yet you're sleeping at night you've got a really difficult situation financially or in your health and yet you're praying and you're believing and you're seeing you know breakthrough in a way that they can't quite put their finger on and they look at your four by four yeah. that's just got out of the cul-de-sac yeah. and they've been digging for 15 years to get out and they go, whatever you just got in, I want that. Yeah. Because you had the same snow. Yeah. And yet you're out. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm after. And that's what I think Beautiful. the world needs to see. Not perfectly polished Christians yes. Yes. who don't have any troubles or problems. Because it only creates more of a distance. They can't ever attain that. They, they think, well, how am I supposed to live a Christian life when I you know, want to kill yes. my husband? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and what they need is a Christian to go, actually, I wanted to kill my husband yeah. too, but this is what we did, and this is how Jesus helped us yeah. fix that yeah. so that now we yes. love each other yeah. and we're still together. You yeah. know, that, that, yes. that's kind of what... Story. I love that. This is what I've gotten, and this is where I'm going. Yeah. And I just, that, that is it, isn't it, that we are hidden, our lives are hidden in Christ with God. Yeah. And that is visible, is it? That it's is visible, visible to the world Absolutely. around us. Oh, I love that. That's so great. We're going to have to stop this podcast in a minute because I know people have got lives they need to get on to. Um, but, Ariana, this is just pure gold, and it's just so beautiful. And I would love... If you wouldn't mind, just to end, as this is the podcast, this is the day that my book comes out, although this is recorded beforehand, everyone knows it, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> but I would love you, if you wouldn't mind, just to pray, yes. pray for people that are listening to this, either yeah. today or later stage, 
Um, because you're a woman that, that has learnt how to get in the 4 by 4 and yeah. probably sometimes you've crawled into it, like yeah. bleeding and yeah. limping. Other times you jumped in it and like, where are we going, spirit? But I just want to ask that you'll just yeah. pray God's blessing on everyone listening, yeah. that whatever life holds today, whatever the terrain is in front of them, yeah. that they know their life is hidden with Christ in God. And that yeah. is freedom, that is yeah. freedom. Father, we just thank you right now for every person who's listening to this, for every person who's got a copy of this book in their hand right now, Lord, I pray that you would not just bring information, but you would bring revelation. And Father, I pray not not just for the revelation, but for transformation. Father, I thank you that you are a God who is present in our lives, in our everyday lives, that you don't live in a place that we have to go and visit, but that you are with us every step of the way. I pray for those who don't yet know that, who haven't felt that, who can't access you in the way that you want to be accessed. Mm -hmm. Father, I pray for a breakdown, a deconstruction of every wall that stands in the way between a person and you. Lord, I thank you that your love melts every wall. Your love melts every obstruction that stands between you and your people. Lord, I pray right now that that would be so evident through this project and through this book and through everything that Rachel is doing, Lord, I pray that you would deconstruct the walls that separate you Mm -hmm. from the level of intimacy you want to have with your people. Mm -hmm. Father, I pray for people's hearts, that they would be soft to your voice, that their ears would hear and that their hearts would obey. Father, I thank you that your biggest desire is to walk in intimacy and closeness with us. And everything that stands in that way, Lord, I just sweep it out of the way in the name of Jesus. Let there be reconciliation. Let there be a sense of intimacy. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So here we are at the end of the Girl Deconstruction Podcast. Talk about freedom. I've just found mine. This is it for me. Uh, but I know it's we'll been, let you out of the tower it has been a uh, it has been wonderful and a privilege to sit and uh, and talk with you Rachel oh, over you over these last few days and also to hear from these brilliant women mm. um, and I hope everybody listening to this has found something here that they can really dig into and and has been really helpful for them um, just with the book out today um, I just wondered if you wanted to say anything about your sort of hopes for it really mm. um, you know we all you know, those of us that write books, actually, I hope, you, know, you, you never make money out of books. That's not why people no, write no. books. Um, but you, you write books because actually you have a hope for what might t- happen, take place in the reader. Mm-hmm. So what's that for you? Well, I, um, I, th- I think the big thing for me is that my big hope would be that there would be some words, some sentences, some ideas in this book that just like resonate with you and and almost kind of help you lean into whatever it is that God's currently doing in your life and maybe give you a bit of a confidence and courage and maybe holds your attention on that that area that you think really is that is that something I need to work on or is that something for me and um, one of the chapters in the book I talk about um, sort of wrapping ourselves in the words of wisdom and wrapping ourselves in the experiences that we have particularly with other women where they've said to us you're brilliant you can do this I'm cheering you on and and having those words resonating in our ears so I really hope that if you've read the book if you're going to read the book and you you put it down and you you pick up 
kind of what those ideas, those resonating ideas, and you clothe yourself in them. And next time that you're in a situation where you think, could this be for me? Could I, could I speak out? Could I say yes to this job opportunity? Could I take a risk and say yes to this relationship or whatever it is? But actually, this book is one of those little tools that is used in your life as a way of saying, yeah, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say yes to this. So there we go. I, as a writer, I've just managed to kind of not string any sentences properly together. No, but I wonderful. think that's my overwhelming sense of just wrap this around you, take it with you. How do you feel now? It's done and out there. How are you feeling? Well, I'm really, really excited. And partly as well because I think my life is about to change as well. Um, you know, seasons of life come and go, don't they? And so I think for me... This, this book feels like um, a good closure on things I've been saying for a long time. And it's not that I'm not going to be saying stuff anymore, and it's true. But as I do get older and, and seasons change, I do wonder if um, there might be some other things that I do in the future and different things that I say in different audiences that I speak to. So it's, so it's really interesting to think, wow, I've, I feel like I've done what God asked me to do in this book. I wonder what might be coming next. And that's true for all of us, isn't it? We kind of are faithful in the thing that God's called us to then and we do it and then he says okay now go on to something else so so rachel uh thank you for for writing the book on behalf of all those that are now (laughs) going to read and enjoy it and thank you for uh, these last few days it's been fun uh this has been the girl deconstruction podcast and it is part of a regular podcast series that we uh, produce every week here at youthscape which we imaginatively title the youthscape podcast and rachel and i will be back on monday and every monday with another youth ministry guest but if you're not even if you're not a youth ministry person it may be that you'd, be, you'd find it quite entertaining because mm-hmm. we do just talk about rubbish for about half the we time. We talk about rubbish and our guests talk about brilliant stuff. So there's they? two possible audiences, really. <laughs> yes. You could be someone who just likes podcasts where people talk about nonsense <laughs> or you may be interested in youth ministry. If somehow you're in the sweet spot between the two, then this is definitely the podcast for you. So please do give it a listen if you haven't before. Uh, and the Girl Deconstruction Project is published by Hod of Faith and is out now. Yes. Price £12.99. It is available from all good bookstores, but especially from youthscape.co.uk forward slash store. 